I, um, I love that we're in a church that we can have some fun, you know, and enjoy uh, some of what's going on around us, but I love that we're a church that can also turn our attention to God and to worship together uh, like we just did. There was some laughing, you know, in the room and some things uh, throwing uh, the ball at my nose. There was some of that going on from this side, uh, Derek Bolin. And, um, <laughs> but then uh, we're able to, to sing to God really in a louder voice that he is good. And don't we have a good God? Yeah, yeah, a God who loves us, who pursues us out of that love. And we talk about this a lot here, that um, oftentimes when we think, uh, sometimes when we think that God is pursuing us, we think of, of, of a God who's pursuing us out of anger, but this is a God who pursues us out of his great love for us. Regardless of where we've been, what we've been up to, what we've done in our past, like God is pursuing us like a father or mother pursuing their child, wanting to scoop them up in their arms and pull them tight. That's the God who, who is pursuing you this morning. And um, I know, and, and I think we all are well aware of our shortcomings, aren't we? Our failures in life. I'm well aware of, of many of the things that, that just fall short of what God, God's called me to do. And yet, it's at that moment, God's greatest act of love reaches to us. And uh, I'm so thankful that we get to worship that God in this place, in freedom, to turn our hearts and our minds in that direction, to... to to not just allow him to pursue us, but also to turn and pursue him, for us to pursue that God that loves us. So I, I love our church. I love that we're on this journey together. And um, what I want to do this morning is I want to open up some scripture and uh, look at a passage, a couple different passages that I think uh, will, will speak to us wherever we are in life. And what I really hope to do is give you a couple of questions that might be on your mind during the big game today. And so some of you might be a little annoyed by this message, but I'm okay with that if it causes you to think. So I'm going to nudge and, and poke and prod just a little bit to hopefully move us in a good direction. Now, I love a good football game. How many of you love a good football game? Yeah, there's some in the room who love a good football game. Awesome. How many of you only walk into the room for the halftime show? That's all you really care about. Yes, there are some in the room who are admitting that. Absolutely. How many of you only watch, the, you, you actually put up with the game so you can see the commercials? How many of you are thankful for YouTube so you don't even have to watch the game anymore? You can just go watch the commercials. Yes. Um, there's so many different pieces and so many of us, some of us like the game. All, all I hope for today is a great game. I just, I want a great game and some funny commercials to make us laugh and some wings that are mm, so good. Now, the truth about today, no matter who wins, whether it's the, the Patriots or the Rams, wh whichever team wins, you know what the harsh reality is? That as soon as the game ends and the champion is crowned and they get that trophy and maybe they engrave that name, they have to start all over again like it's done. It's finished. And regardless of who wins... They're struck with this reality that maybe for the first time they've been able to reach their dream, like what they've always wanted to pursue. And they're struck with the reality that it kind of goes back into the box and a new year begins. Now, don't get me wrong. I would love to win a Super Bowl. Like, I'm not setting that aside and saying, oh, that's a silly thing to get excited about. I mean, it would be fun to win a Super Bowl, right? 
Yeah, it would be fun to win an Oscar. It would be fun to win a Pulitzer. It would be fun to win any of those things. But the reality is uh, that in itself never provides the fulfillment that we might think it would provide if we could reach that goal. So Paul uh, was one of the authors of the New Testament. And Paul was one of the very first Christians, and we talk a little bit about Paul because he wrote so many letters to church communities like ours. And he gives some great uh, pictures helping us understand a little bit more about the faith. And Paul, in uh, the the two letters to the Corinthians, um, Paul writes some things that tie in with the whole sports metaphor, this this physical, this this athletic competition that I think might... Um, kind of lean us in a good direction this morning. And so this is, this is what Paul writes to this group of Christians, followers of Jesus. He says this, you've all been to the stadium and you've seen the athletes run. Now right there, uh, I, I love this, that, that in the ancient world, like they found themselves heading to the stadium to see some athletic competition, whether it was racing or fighting lions, or whatever it was, they, they had this, this practice of gathering much like we do today, like this, this entertainment that's happening, these races that are happening. And he says, so you've been, all been to the stadium, you've seen the athletes run. Everyone runs. Everyone runs who's in the race. But only one wins. Only one wins. And Paul says, run to win. Now, that, that's, that's a good pep talk from a coach, isn't it? I mean, can you see him in the locker room before the game? Like, guys, we've all prepared. We're ready for this moment. You are ready for this moment. You've done everything you can to prepare for the evil empire. Those rams over there, they are the ones against, they're standing in the way of your dream. We are both going to play our hearts out. Play to win. Whatever that, I'm a terrible coach, but whatever that pep talk is, I'm sure there'll be some some fiery talk before the game to get those those players ready. And Paul is, is like playing off this idea of competition. He's saying, look, everybody runs, but only one wins. So run to win. Now, later, uh, in one of his other, in, in one of his other uh, letters to Christians, he says this, whatever you do, whatever you do, not just running, not just playing a game, whatever you do in, in, in life, do it as if you were doing it for the Lord. Like Paul wants us to realize that, that what we've, what's been placed in front of us, like we should pursue that with, with everything that we are. So he continues, all good athletes train hard. Now I know we've got some athletes in the room, Right? I know we've got some in, in the room who played sports back in the day. How many of you played a sport growing up? Anybody in the room play a sport? Yes. So many athletes in the room. Um, good athletes, all good athletes train hard. Now, I have a friend who, uh, who played with, with Brett Favre, and I always heard that he didn't work out very often. Like it was kind of a random thing. But I'll tell you what, I bet pr- Brett prepared in other ways. Maybe not lifting weights, but he could sling a ball, couldn't he? Like he had prepared off his back foot, off his front foot, running to the right, running to the left. He had, he had prepared. All good athletes train hard. And here's what, here's what Paul says. Catch this. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. But you, 
those of you who are in the faith, like your training for one that is gold eternally. Like Paul is reminding us that what we're after isn't something that's just temporary and that will fade away over on the side, but we are after something that will last forever. Now listen, we talk about love and grace a lot of right, uh, around here, don't we? Don't we talk a lot about love and God's grace and his mercy and his hope? Listen, those are the things that last forever. When you pursue love and when you pursue grace and when you pursue mercy and when you pursue hope in life, you're pursuing something that will not end when your life is done. Like those are the things that last forever. Um, our games... I want us to hear this, like our games, our play, our entertainment, those things aren't bad or evil. Like I don't, I don't want you to get the, the, the idea that I'm saying like the Super Bowl is a bad thing, it's an evil thing. No, 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 but they are just temporary. Like the Super Bowl will be a ton of fun, but it's just temporary. Like it's just a game. And at the end of the day, the game will end and new games will begin next year. But what we're pursuing in the faith is something that will never end. It's something that will last into eternity. And I think Paul wants us to, to like pursue these things. And he says this, so I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for that finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping. Don't get caught watching the picket fence dry. Look that up later, the Hoosiers, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get caught napping. Like, I am going to run to the end of the race. And I think the question, and, and so here's, I'm going to give you a couple questions maybe to wrestle with uh, throughout the day. Um, as you watch the, the Super Bowl or as you sneak in to watch the halftime show or as you ignore it all and hope that it just goes away, uh, a question to wrestle with is, is this, what am I running after? in life? What is it that I am pursuing and running toward like I'm running for the end of the race? And will it last? Will it last? Now, before you drift off, come back just for a second. I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, oh, well, you're the preacher and you're going to ask this nice little question. Am I running after? I know. So, Matt, your job is to, to preach and to lead the church and, and those kind of things. And so, of course, you can say your thing lasts. But I'm a banker. I own a business. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm, you know, fill in the blank. And so, Matt, that's not really a fair question. I, I, am, I, am I running after something that's going to last? Not like I'm working because I have to work, but that's not, what I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just vocationally. Are we running after things that will last? Whatever it is, here's maybe a, a different way to ask the question or to think about the question. Am I leveraging the gifts and temporary influence I've been given for some greater good? And if the answer to that question is yes, then you are running a race that will last. I see people in this room who are so incredibly talented in many different ways. One who started a solar company and pursued what he felt like God was calling him to do something good in the world. Is it like the church? or Well, no, no, but that's not the point. Because God wants to leverage a solar company 
He wants to leverage a mortgage company. He wants to leverage a bank. He wants to leverage all these different things, the things that we are doing every single day to somehow move his kingdom forward. Whatever it is that you do every single day in your life, like God wants to leverage, he wants you to leverage that for some greater good in the world. And so are you running after something that is going to last? Are you looking at what is in front of you and pursuing it with your whole heart, not thinking, well, once I get past this, then I'll be able to do it. Once I get into retirement, then, no, no, no. God wants to use what you're doing right now to bring about good in this world. And so Paul's saying, run after it with your whole heart. Whatever he's put in front of you, like pursue it with everything, like, like you're going to win. Uh, there's a Greek philosopher from the first century who, who, who wrote this. This is our predicament as humans. Now, this is crazy to me that this was written 2,000 years ago. This is our predicament. Over and over, we lose sight of what is important and what isn't. Now, could this be written today? Yeah, it, it's the human condition. So many of us run after things that will not last. And we think that those things are going to provide fulfillment forever. Um, one of the greatest challenges of my life, and I've shared many times, and uh, it's, it's, it's a failure in my life when I allowed the pursuit of, uh, of a vocation and a position, even within the church itself, I allowed it to replace God in my life. And I thought that once I got to a certain position in a church, that then I would be fulfilled. And I think oftentimes we all pursue that, don't we? Like when I get to that position, when I have that many clients, when I'm able to have that much money, when I, like at that point, then I'll be fulfilled. And then I'll be able to do something good with what God's given me. Listen, if you're not doing good with what God's given you today, you probably won't do good with what he gives you tomorrow. If, if you're not leveraging what he's already given you for his greater good, then you probably won't leverage anything more tomorrow for his greater good either. Like, take where, you, where you're planted. Like, start there. And then allow God to bring to that. So, so Paul wrote a couple letters to the, to the Corinthians, and he gets to the second letter. He comes back to it. And I love this, and I'm going to kind of wrap up moving towards what uh, Drew Brees was talking about, this, the, the idea of faith and sight, what we see, what we can't see. So this little piece of this passage, he says, we know that these bodies of ours will be taken down like tents and folded away. Isn't that great? We know that these bodies of ours will be taken down like tents and folded away, and then they will be replaced with resurrection bodies in heaven, God-made, not handmade. Oh, I was hoping there would be an amen in there. Some of you are like, I'm close. I'm ready. Like every year I feel more, you know, like, man, I, there, was, there was a time in life, you guys remember, like as you're younger, there's this time in life where, you, where you're getting stronger, 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 and then like, and they used to say 50 was, or 40 was the over the hill number. I'll never forget my dad's 40th birthday party, and they dressed him in all black, and they, they put him in a, in a wheelchair, and they put an afghan over his legs. And when I hit 40, I was like, that's ridiculous. 40 is not old. 
Like, that's not the age that you're over the hill, is it? It's like this. But Paul wants us to know that even the bodies that, that we have, and there's, there's a lot of young people in our church that are, are still getting stronger and stronger and faster and all that. There's a point at which that goes the other direction. And Paul wants to remind us, like the bodies that we've been given, like these will be folded away like a tent and put away. And then in that day, we get new parts. Yes, new parts. And he says, the Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. Now, if, if you have your Bibles, or later if, if you pull out your Bible and you, and you move to this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this would be one I would highlight if, if I were you. I, I, I was highlighting it in my Bible. He puts a little bit of heaven in our hearts. I love that phrase. He puts a little bit of heaven in our hearts so that we never settle for less. Have you ever gotten to where you hoped you'd get, only to be let down by where you got? Only to be let down by what you thought it would feel like to get to that point? That's what God has put in your heart. Because the temporary things of this world will never fulfill the eternal that God has placed within each one of us. So we're always confident even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we're not at home with God. We're always confident. And here's, here's what Drew Brees, this passage, for we live by faith and not by sight. Will you repeat that with me? For we live by faith and not by sight. That's a good memory verse. That's, that's a good one to, to tuck into our minds. Uh, to remind yourself when you don't see what you, you hope that you would see, when you don't see what you thought you would see, when you don't see what you prayed you would see, that you would say, but I live by faith, not by sight. Like, I don't live just by what I see around me. I live by faith in God. So it leads us to another question. Where have I placed my faith? Like, where, where, have I, where have I leaned into? What have I leaned into in this world? What have I thought would bring fulfillment out there? Um, some of you are going to uh, be mad that I even quote this person, uh, but I f- saw this old interview uh, with Tom Brady. I'm sorry. <laughs> and... Um, I find this incredibly interesting. Why do I have, this was years ago, obviously, why do I have three Super Bowl rings? Now he has like 20. um, (laughs) And still think there's something greater out there for me. Isn't that an interesting phrase coming from from someone like him? Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something out, something greater out there for me? It's got to be more than this. Like I just... I want to go back to, uh, I want him to see this, this next, go on to the next slide. I, I, I want to say, because God has put a little bit of heaven in your heart so that you'll never settle for less. Now, it's easy to look at someone like Tom Brady and go, well, yeah, if only he, but we do it all the time, don't we? Like, don't we do that all the time? Like, when I get that guy, finally, if I get him, like, I'm going to be fulfilled. Or when I get her, Man, she's the one. If, if 
like that will be the, like God brought her, like we, we spiritualize it. God brought her into my life to complete me. She completes me. No, no, God completes us. And he might have brought her into your life to add some joy, but, but God is the one, like he's put a little bit of heaven in our hearts so that we will never settle for less. I love that Paul wrote that and gave it to us. A little bit of heaven. Um, John Ortberg uh, wrote a book years ago, and if you've never picked it up, John uh, Ortberg is one of my favorite authors, and uh, he, he writes this uh, in this, this little book. Um, he said, when the game is over, it all goes back in the box. When the game is over, it all goes back in the box. And when our lives are over, it all goes back into the box, and we take nothing with us. Isn't that interesting? When our lives are over, like, it all goes back into the box, and we can't take anything with us. So make sure we invest in the things that last forever. Look, whatever God has put in front of you, pursue it with your whole heart. Run to win. Like, make all the money that you can make. Build all the businesses that you can build. But do it for a greater purpose. Love your children like no one else has ever done. Not just so they will grow up and say, I had a great mom or a great dad, but so that they will get a glimpse of their God in heaven, their Father who loves them, who gave them Jesus Christ. Last thing, and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Last thing, and we'll wrap it up. Be careful. Uh, be careful not to make ultimate that which is only temporary in your life. Like we must be careful not to make ultimate what is only temporary in our lives. Does that make sense? Are you with me on that? Like, let's not, as followers of Jesus, let's not make ultimate in our lives that which will pass away. Like, let's pursue the right things. Let's leverage what he's given us for the good of the world around us. And in that, may we find fulfillment by what he's placed in our hearts, not by what we've placed in front of us. Let's continue to pursue him with everything that we've got. Amen? Would you stand with me? Um, now, as you run the race of life in whatever God puts in front of you, may you do it with your whole heart. May you run to win. And may you find with God a greater joy than anything this world offers. Have a great day today celebrating the Super Bowl. Have fun with friends and family. We'll see you next Sunday.